This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Hello again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode six, season 13, and tonight the holiday season is upon us, and that only means one thing. I'm dreaming of a black Christmas. That's right. We're talking about the controversial Black Christmas remake from 2006. Why? Because you picked it. Plus, you didn't just inflict it on me, you inflicted it on my guests. My very special guests tonight are Cindy Kennard Diamond and Stacey Parker, otherwise known as Creepy Kitsch. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. Hi, my name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I have been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But, 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 you, yes, you, I'm going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Ho, 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 shit. So how's everybody doing? I hope you are well. I hope your holiday season is going fabulously so far. For those of you in the States, I hope your Thanksgiving was great. I am so sorry I missed you last time, but I am over my little bout of COVID. It was 24 hours of suck for the most part. I had 24 hours of really, really bad brain fog where it actually hurt to think. Like, I could not think. I, be, I was trying to contact guests for future episodes, and I was in a conversation. They were asking me questions, and just, like, I wanted to talk, and, like, just like, nothing was coming out of my mouth. It was awful, but it's over. I'm feeling better. Everything is cool. So thank you, everybody who reached out with the well wishes. It touched my dead little heart, and I love you all very much. So before we kick things off tonight, I just want to say a couple of things about tonight's episode. One, I was so excited that I was able to get separate tracks when I recorded with Cindy and Stacy. Normally, one of them always has internet problems, so we have to go use Skype, so it's all the voices mashed onto one track. But nope, this time I got them all on individual tracks, so I was able to do an actual edit on a creepy kitsch episode. So we're actually not running three hours this time. No, no, no. We're coming in at a nice, normal level, and I think you're going to have a really good time. The other thing, an added holiday bonus for you is that you can also use this episode as a holiday drinking game. Oh boy, oh boy, a drinking game. How do we play? Well, I'll tell you how you play. Okay, so Black Christmas was famously produced by Dimension Studios. Dimension Studios was run by Harvey Weinstein. Now, we all know that Harvey Weinstein got himself into a whole lot of trouble, and similarly to what he got in trouble for in real life, he also couldn't keep his hands off this movie. So he tinkered and he dinkered and made a whole lot of changes, so we have to keep bringing up Harvey Weinstein. So, the game is this. Every time I mention Harvey Weinstein and instead say Harvey Firestein, drink. You don't understand. I put a post-it note on my computer screen because I knew I was going to keep making that mistake and I made them anyway. But I decided not to edit the mistakes and turn this into a drinking game. So every time I say Harvey Firestein instead of Harvey Weinstein, you take a drink of your favorite holiday beverage, whether it's eggnog or mulled wine or soda or I don't know. Milk and Pepsi, whatever your kids are drinking now. And celebrate with me. Celebrate my total failure. But every time I say Harvey Weinstein, 
and get it right, celebrate with me. Celebrate me getting it right as well. So take another drink. So yay, we're all going to be schnockered by the end of this episode, which when you ha- when it's a Creepy Kids episode, that's the best way to play. So I think that's all we got going on. So why don't I play the trailer for Black Christmas, bring on Cindy and Stacy, and let's get the party started. Fifteen years ago, on Christmas Eve, his family became his victims. What have you done? are officially closed. This one is not gonna let up. A group of college friends That sucks. Everyone should be home for Christmas. are about to discover Lauren, we're opening up presents. Why don't you open the present we got you? Their house I got it. Is his home. All is calm. All is bright. Who is in my house tonight? Don't you have lots of toys to deliver to good little boys and girls? You really shouldn't provoke somebody like that. And on December 25th... You're definitely getting punked. Is that Santa's reindeer? All he wants for Christmas... Is Megan in her room? Is a new family he can treat like his very own. beautiful beautiful screamers i left this episode up to you as a holiday gift to you i decided to give you the ultimate power i said you will decide what i and my guests cindy and stacy from creepy kitsch will talk about this christmas knowing that you were horrible to us last year i thought maybe you'd give us a break this year but you didn't. So the movie we're talking about is Black Christmas from 2006. You know what? You already know they're here and they're just chomping at the bit to come on and talk. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in my GNCs, wherever you may be, let's give it up to Cindy and Stacey from Creepy Kids. Everybody, you're all getting coal, every last fucking one of you. Well, in this economy, I'm sure it could go for something useful. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. How are you doing? It was good until I watched this fucking movie last night. Yeah, you, you say that every time you're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they'd quit doing me dirty, I'd probably have a different answer. I have to stick up for my listeners because it's not my listeners that did you dirty. It's my patrons. Oh, okay. Well, then the patrons are all getting coal. Yeah, I've given it some tender thought. At tender thought? Sure. I've given it a lot of careful thought, rather. <laughs> tender thought sounds Going filthy. Tenderly. 
think about murdering them. Right? I've also <laughs> thought that way about my patients. Not about the murdering part, but I thought tenderly about the like, mm, pages. But no, I realized that, okay, so since it was a landslide, it was almost unanimous for my patrons. I said, you know what? They're my super fans. They know what's best. And I thought about it and I said, since, <laughs> since COVID, I have steered the show in a way that I'm always picking. I don't pick crappy movies to talk about on my own. I'm always picking about things that give me joy or get me excited in some way. And even the dark stuff will be like, I'm excited about it. I'm ready to go for it in a positive way. And they said, you know what? We really miss the old Patrick. <laughs> we miss when Patrick would rip things to shreds. So when I've packaged it that way, Fine, let's do this. Let's go to town. All right. All right. <laughs> this movie was say, just it was better than the last one. <laughs> the oh, last movie we had to watch for Christmas. This one was better. But oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> the thing about this movie is that like visually it was very beautiful. Like the lights on the, the house were really pretty. All of the girls were very pretty, especially I have to say, man, uh, freaking, uh, her name just blinked out of my head. Nona, Mona F. Mecklenburg from Pete and Pete. Uh, the chick who's on Buffy. Oh, Michelle Trachtenberger. Thank you, Michelle Trachtenberger. My God, is she a pretty young woman? Oh, she's gorgeous. She's she gorgeous. She really fucking is. Like, I had seen, you know, I've seen her before, but it was just like, the camera fucking loves that girl. Yeah, and I mean, I'm used to seeing her as Dawn and as Harriet the Spy when she was really young, but she's really grown into her features. She's a striking young woman. She really is beautiful. And uh, but the weird, the funny part is, is the rest of them. I couldn't like. I know uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in this, but until I went and looked her up in the credits, I couldn't have told you which fucking one she was. Even though I've seen her in a million things and I know who she is. We'll get into that because the most important, because there's many things to talk about about this movie. But here's the thing. I realize that since it's the Christmas episode and since it's Black Christmas 2006, I am not getting through this episode without drinking. Yeah, I don't blame you. Mm, 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 mm. I still have some of that uh, need from when I visited you, Cindy. The, uh, the urge to abuse it was very strong. It's the holidays. Indulge. Indulge. <laughs> Although this year I'm only drinking Mike's hard red freeze lemonade thing. Not like last year where I was drinking straight bourbon out of a mug. So it- <laughs> <laughs> just hitting the, the, the tequila straight out of the bottle. Yeah, well, actually, technically, we did that two years ago because I brought that. I only, I only made that episode public last year, but that was like deep in the heart of COVID. It was like, I, it's like I couldn't go out shopping. This is what I had in the house. Yeah, I think that's understandable. <laughs> and I was depressed. Okay, so this I don't need as as hard a liquor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I'd go that far. Oh well, I can always use a hard liquor, but not that kind. Anyway, Hey-o. never mind. When they don't catch the double entendre, drive it home. All right. So Black Christmas 2006. Stacy, since you always know, I'm the, I'm the, Stacey, do I give it to you when you always yell at me? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Do I? Okay. I think it is Cindy. Now I think it, I think it's, it's, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so bad. Oh, so God. Stacey's a Christmas gift to Cindy. Stacey, I need you to give me a nice, tight 30-second plot summary of Black <laughs> Christmas 2006. I hate doing the summary. I hate it. Thank you. Uh, basically they took the Christmas classic Black Christmas the premise is a sorority house is stalked by a lunatic and unfortunately tried to give it a backstory and ruined everything that was good about the original 
Yeah, I think that's a good summary, actually. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They pretty much took all the mystique from the original film and just tossed it out the window. Yeah, I mean, that's that pretty much what they did. Made it frightening. Oddly enough, frequent guest of the show, Kristen Petty, one time she was on, she got into an argument with her husband because he couldn't remember. He was, She was talking about Michelle Trachtenberger and he couldn't think of who she was. He didn't know who she was. He's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. She's one of those mid-2000 twats that were in everything. <laughs> this is a movie of mid-2000 twats. Yes. Yes, that absolutely Yeah, this is a yes. 2000 twat film. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. And 100%. actually, I've actually got a lot more respect for the movie that I did some deep digging of it. It was directed by uh, Glenn Morgan, who was a writer-producer on Final Destination and uh, worked on the Willard remake and tons and tons of X-Files. He has disowned himself from this movie. Yeah, I, saw that. I don't blame him. I saw that. I would have in the uh, the trivia because he got basically fucked sideways by the studio and they put a bunch of shit in that he didn't want in it. And specifically, well, this movie not fucked everyone sideways. So there you go. I was going to say, not just the studio, Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Which this movie is a lot ickier now, knowing that his big grubby fingerprints are all over it. For sure. I will say that. Yeah, this. This movie is kind of the embodiment of uh, Harvey Weinstein when you think about it. I mean, that's what it feels right? like. Just, it's like, watch just, this. everything feels sticky and gross. Unconscious <laughs> drunk girls getting felt up? No, no, no. Peeping everywhere? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, right. no, no, no. Yeah, being uh, yeah. dated upon by an older male who should stay the fuck away. Yeah, there there was a lot of um, I it, it was the part that I literally started getting a little like physically angusha, as my grandmother would say. Uh, I started getting like it was all the flashbacks with like mom who looked a little like Joan Crawford got hit by a truck and just how gross and grosser it got. Yeah, that's the actress <laughs> who played Mrs. Peacock in that infamous episode of The X-Files. Oh shit! You know the one the, the, the super duper inbred family, and she didn't have any arms and legs, and they kept her on a caster underneath the bed. Yeah, same actress. I didn't even recognize her. I feel. Oh for my her. god! Well, hey, at least it sounds glamorous. I love it. Right. <laughs> I, I feel real hey, bad we all for need her. A niche career. Uh, yeah, she is obviously she's being typecast, and it's not a comfortable place to be typecast. No, definitely no. not. But you know what? She sold it. Gotta she really credit. did, yeah. She, was, she sold it. She did what was on the paper. She made the, it didn't make any sense, but she played it to the hilt, and that's the best you can no, do in a situation. Nothing in like this that. movie made sense. No, no nothing in it this did. fucking and movie. And it's made a shame because I, like, I've as the less long time listeners know, the original Black Christopher from 1974 is my favorite horror movie. Down, down, mm -hmm. like it's a good by a long shot. Film. It terrifies me. What they seem to have done was take like the the iconic kill from the original Black, right, Black Christmas the, and say, let's just do this to everyone. Right. The <laughs> fucking unicorn like. head. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and also the bag over the head. It's just like, let's just do that. Oh, let's yeah. just do that yeah, to I everyone. So, yeah. Like, 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 you think about some of the scenes in the original Black Christmas. Like, if I think of Black Christmas, the two scenes that immediately pop into my head are Margot Kidder being stabbed to death in slow motion with that unicorn head uh -huh. or with the, that with that gorgeous rendition of the children's choir of yes. Oh, come all you Payful in yes. the background, yes. like this beautiful yes. and horrific thing happening at the same and, time. And then the other one is the cut to, I don't remember if the character's name was also Claire, but the one who was killed with the plastic bag and is just yes. left in the rocking yeah. chair and it would yeah. cut back <laughs> to the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. And like, and this, it, 
I don't understand like what the hell they were trying to go for with this because they took everything. Like I said, they took everything that made the classic terrifying and essentially just like mixed it up with hamburger helper to serve as much of it to everybody as they could. Occasionally a line for the original will pop up and in a spot where it shouldn't have popped up. I'm like, that yeah. is just dumb. Why are you doing anything? Yeah. Okay. And I the don't thing understand is, but, why they needed to give the villain a backstory too. Like that no. was half the movie was flashback. Well, that was actually how, when I was reading about it, like that's what Glenn Dixon said. Cause him and him and Bob Clark, who re- wrote and directed the right. original uh, black Christmas, they were good friends for a long time. And he said, I would really like to do an exercise of back black Christmas. Since we didn't know anything about Billy the first time around, let's tell it from Billy's point of view. Mm-hmm. and find out what makes them okay. tick. And Bob Clark thought it was a great idea, and they wrote that script, and Harvey Farson said, yes, but then I'm going to rewrite everything. Right, and well, sandwich in a bunch of a very good job that didn't need to be there. And Yeah. Yeah. I will say, at least there wasn't, like, gratuitous titties. That's one thing I will say. Which, there honestly, was not gratuitous titties, so I That's because they were, these, so were these were two high-profile mid-2000s twats uh, who were in everything. Yeah, so yeah, they would have cost too much. true. Harvey couldn't get his greasy little fingers on their uh, goodies. Yeah. Um, like when I think about the original, what pops in my head, like if I had to describe it in three words, I'd be like, okay, it's about, uh, for me, it's like all about the mood. It's about suspense and it's about the characters. Yeah. And we've got sure. none yeah. of it here. None no, of it. Not at all. Every character was unlikable as fuck. Yeah. Even the ones I wanted to like, I was like, God, I just die. Just well, die already. Well, they were like the main girl, like she didn't do anything super egregious, but she was just bland. Like there was nothing there bland. to root for. Yeah. No, there was, she had no personality. Yeah. She's blonde and she can cry on. Yeah. Cue. Everybody, our main, our main character. I don't think anybody said her name until the movie was halfway over. So. Yeah. Well, I don't like, even remember the character's name. Kelly. But the only reason <laughs> I, I don't even remember. The only reason I know what it's was? Kelly is because I was looking at the cast and, and there's listing it. It says Kelly's mom, Kelly's dad. And I'm like, who the fuck was Kelly? We didn't meet any parents. And it turns out it's because that scene was cut. They were cut. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 with the clip, that the little little uh, snippet that they had in the uh, in the IMDb from uh the director who's saying, I was I remember sitting there talking to Harvey Firestein about how I wanted to expand Billy's backstory and he's like I want you to drag Michelle Trachtenberg down the hallway by her eyeballs right yeah because that stayed in like the UK cut or something which is like the dumbest mm-hmm. thing ever like I don't know I mean, what granted, tensile strength you think an optic nerve has but I'm pretty sure it's not enough to move a body probably well she probably weighs eight pounds but I mean, anyway still. and she's in Canada so this, the, the weights are all different up there so it'd be different I don't know how <laughs> that works kilograms but, uh, at that point <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The thing about this movie too is that there's 350,000 characters. Yes. Not just in the sorority house because you got the flashbacks and then you also got the shit at the hospital. Yeah. But then there's like the whole thing about like I like I said when I was talking to Stacy about this last night I said this movie was literally like a sneeze away from being a parody. Yeah. Like it felt like it really wanted to be a parody, but it but it couldn't do it like it took itself too seriously. Like right. I honestly think if they made it a comedy, it would actually be pretty fucking funny. But it's so like weirdly parent, like it just seems to be making fun of itself, but it's not. Like it just, I don't know. And so there was this weird, like mixed vibe to it that was just like almost grotesque, where I'm like, is this making fun of itself? Is it not? I can't tell. I think the movie did a whole lot of blow that it got from Harry Firestein. That they, this movie oh, yeah. reeks of cocaine. It reeks and of then cocaine. There was the whole 
whole like the oldest 10 year old in the world that kid looked 50 they put old age makeup on that little kid who played agnes that's because well um, according to the trivia (laughs) it was a dude the whole time even on the one little girl no it was a girl the little girl was played by a girl oh okay okay yeah they slapped all that weird fucking makeup on her face in the original script they were both both billy and agnes were went in the house at the end but agnes had been the killer the whole time not billy right which they kind of did in this version still too kind of of, but like but also that like agnes had done the stuff in the past too but billy got the rap for it oh see see, that would have been more interesting though i actually predicted at the end of this movie we could have two killers that don't make like if you try to track who's killing who when none of it makes sense no no what i was actually thought was going to happen when i was watching the movie and i was kind of like wow that would have been more interesting was I was expecting when they introduced, you know, they did the whole Agnes backstory. I was actually hoping that Andrea Martin was going to be like uh, Agnes and because she was a little squirrely in the beginning yeah. with how obsessed yeah. she was about making sure that Billy got her got his present right. and all that. And, and I was like, that would be cool to see Andrea Martin just be a psycho killer. And no, they just unceremoniously killed her. I would have loved like that. The in any way possible. And I was just, I, I was so pissed off the way she died. I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's what we get. That's what yeah. we get. You have the one talented person in this damn cast, and that's what we get. The one remotely likable person in the damn cast. Uh, yes. yes. That's, and, that's the other thing I wrote down, was that not only is this a char- a movie with 350,000 characters, every character is a dick. Even yeah. the girls. Yeah. All of them. Dicks. Well, and I, it's it's so ham-fisted how you can see, like, because there's the, the, the drunk one, Lauren, I think her name was. And that's obviously yeah. supposed to be, like, the stand-in for Margot Kidder's Barb. character. But they it, it's almost like they kind of split Margot Kidder's character between her and Lacey Chabert. Because Lacey Chabert was, like, a bitch, which Barb was in the original. Um, and then Lauren was drunk, and... The, you know, and you have backstory, at least just enough to give you a taste of Barb is miserable. That's why she's acting this way. And yeah, Barb, Barb, they, Barb, Barb has a lot of guilt. It's a guilt. Barb is blaming herself for Claire being missing. So she has she's, right. a reason why she's drunk and pissed off today. Yeah. Right. And, and and instead, Lauren's just drunk. And Lacey Chabert's character is just a bitch. And that's it. Like, that's all we get. Yeah. That's their character. And to be fair, they're all bitches. Because yeah. at one point, I realized everybody in this movie, all the sorority sisters look alike. I can't tell them apart. The only ones I recognize are the ones who I know from other things. Yeah. And I yeah. just wrote down this movie. Is, <laughs> this movie is about brunette bitches bitching on phones. Can we just get on with this thing so I can party for a few days before having to deal with family on Christmas? Have you looked outside? It's raining hail the size of your house ball sack. It'll stop. The party gods won't allow me to be here by myself over Christmas break. Oh, I'll be here, Dana. Yeah, they're making me work next week. That sucks. Everyone should be home for Christmas. All right, all right. Who's not here? Um, like everybody. Chelsea? She went home this morning. What, didn't I see Claire earlier? Isn't she upstairs writing a card to her sister? No, I think her sister picked her up earlier. Remember, this is the occasion for Claire and her sister and her mom to bury the hatchet and rediscover each other. I to bury the hatchet with my sister right in her head. They just sit yeah. on the couch and bitch on their phones. It's all yeah. they do. Yeah. And they all look alike. I... And the lighting wasn't helping. Well, no, it, it, really it was wasn't. so funny how just bizarrely everyone hated everyone. And then when, you know, Andrea Martin is like, everyone get out of the goddamn house or we're all going to die. And everyone's like, no, we're sisters. Right. I'm all 
I don't believe this at all. Lauren, let's go. No, we stay together. We lock up the house, we grab a fireplace poker, a ski pole, or some shit, and for the next two hours, not let each other out of our sight. No, we are driving to the police station. In this weather? Even if they can't do anything, at least we will all be safe there. Dad, we're not all here. If we were, then I would go. That's right. Unless I see otherwise, I'm believing that Claire is alive. And when she comes back, it is not going to be to an empty house. We are safer sticking together. All right. Then get your coats. Mel, come on, we're leaving. Let's go. I'm not leaving Lauren, you bitch. We're sisters. So act like it. Come on. You would let them die in a heartbeat. The only thing that I'll give this movie is that as stupid as it is, like that whole shit where they call 911 and the cops are like, we'll be there in two hours. It's like, no, I don't care if there's a massive pile up. They're still going to send cops if there's like an active fucking homicide going on. Hold the yeah. phone. Not only that, there's been a breakout at the hospital. Yes. That's and that nobody with- seems to acknowledge. <laughs> yeah, and they, it's because he he left he will have pools of blood and dead bodies everywhere. He didn't hide them, so they know they must know he's out. And you would think if this guy le- when he left left a note that said "I'll be home for Christmas," that the first place he's going to go exactly is back to his old house. Exactly. They would have been uh, watching that house, right? The cops should have. And been also, there that house is on a college campus. It's or if it's not on a college campus, it's near a college campus. It's not on the fucking moon. It can't be on the moon. It's a sorority right. house. Exactly. They're usually in a row. That's why they call it sorority row. Right. But they act like they're on the moon the whole movie. Uh, right. And so the only thing I will give them is that so you have that ridiculous premise, and then Andrea Martin wants to get all of them out of there, which is totally fucking understandable. But See, they were the caught. Thing to do. They were caught between a rock and a hard place in that it was just as likely that they would come to harm if they tried to leave the house as if they stayed in it. So that's the only thing I'll give them is that that's the one time where it's not like that I have to stay because my useless boyfriend's going to call or something equally stupid like that. As we know from watching horror movies that, I mean, there's that rule in life that like uh, that, that the government uses, like you can't save everybody, save as many people as you can when right. it comes to certain situations, like evacuations, you're not going to be able to save everybody. That's just not the way these things work. People are always going to do other things. Like whenever somebody says we can't leave without blood. No, you can't right. go get help. You'll, right. <laughs> exactly. And go get help and send them back. You're more likely to save them that way. They're probably already. The, the, and I did like that. Okay. All right. Let's get into the movie. So. <laughs> First of all, strike one, no Claude. Where's Claude the kitty? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad that the cat, like, like, let's leave the animals out of this. You know what? In this movie, yes. Um, okay, so we open. Where are we? What's happening? We are in the most unrealistic psych ward. Actually, no, we're, we're at the house. We're at the house. We're at the house. Oh, did it start at the house? Oh, yeah, of course, because it was uh, the sister writing Claire, the yeah. what you call it the tag for her her older sister uh lee's present and i have to say like as a first kill goes incredibly tepid especially since that kill that the kill in the first one is iconic yes and the whole scene's iconic also because at that point you you got well we knew who the character was she doesn't get right. a line nothing no and she see i'm like drinking her wine everybody's fucking yeah they're all like drinking wine like they're fucking like i mean i know their future is to become bitter soccer moms but they're all drinking wine like a 45 year old soccer mom who's 20 years into an unfulfilling marriage 
Like, Meanwhile, well, you know what? Maybe it's a sorority thing because I went to college. I know damn well it was like cheap, cheap ass, like right. <laughs> whatever the cheapest thing on the shelf was in Zima. Exactly. <laughs> but it's a different age now. Who knows if the kids are drinking? They're, they're fancy. Still, so they're they're rich, spoiled sorority girls. Let them drink their wine. They're gonna they die should, soon. They should still be drinking like Jägermeister and like the cheapest tequila that's on the shelf. I remember I was very excited to see this. I dro- it was only playing at one theater and it was like a half hour drive. And I got my ticket online and I drove all the way there and realized I had forgotten the receipt. I had driver call and had to go oh, buy another ticket. So I no. technically got paid to see it twice. And my heart sank this whole scene. I just said, Oh my god, this is how it's gonna be. Because immediately <laughs> she's filling out her cards with her, her fancy calligraphy pen and drinking her wine. And you see commotion in the closet. And she goes, looks in the closet. And she just sets the pen, which those things leak like a motherfucker with red ink, just down on the carpet. Yeah. That's totally yeah, what you do. With the, yeah. With the that's, that's what you do with a calligraphy pen. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just so bland. It was just, it was bland. nothing happened. And then she was dead. That was yeah, like, it. there was like no, Build up. There was no no, no suspense like, whatsoever. There wasn't even a cat scare. It was just like, well, okay, <laughs> that just happened. And I guess the movie the thing started. Is, the killer started in the closet, and during this course, this very short scene, he's moved under the bed, and then he's moving yeah. around her, and she doesn't notice somebody moving around in this tiny little sorority bedroom. Right, this fucking seven foot tall. This dumb cunt. Does- Stringy hair. Like I, it's so funny because this person was not a stealth ninja. No, this was like a giant yes. woman clawed. You know, it's just like God. She stomped through most of the goddamn she's, movie. She's <laughs> inbred. She's not fucking Spider Man. Yeah, it was dumb, and it wasn't like she had music on. I mean, she did have music on, but she didn't have headphones on or something that that would distract you like that. No, nothing. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're right. Just like, it was just, and then she, and now she's dead. Yeah, it was just quiet. Killed by the strongest calligraphy was, pen in the world. Right. Yeah. As many of those <laughs> those fuckers are flimsy. Is as, as as many of those nibs as I've snapped, I call fucking shenanigans on that. Like there was an egregious amount of skull stabbing in this movie. Like. You get that it's a skull. It's not a fucking watermelon, right? Like, you can't just drive a Christmas ornament through a skull. It's bone. That's the whole point of the yeah. skull. Now, I get that you've all well, had this, your this, spines detached because this movie's so fucking stupid. But the skull is still in place. It, again, it was shot in Canada, so everything's different up there. Maybe you get your skull gets softer <laughs> when you get closer to the North Pole. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I, I, I have some Canadian friends in the Discord. I'm going to ask them that. They don't know because they already had. It's already happened to them. They're not, <laughs> they're not reliable. But yeah, now we go over to this 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 hospital where Billy yes. is. Who's Billy? Billy is the original victim initially of his bizarro mother and eventual stepfather, who for reasons just locked this kid in the attic and. I ha- okay, so I worked in mental health for 10 fucking years. And I, uh-huh. if I had tried to keep a running list of everything that would have gotten this fucking hotel or hotel. Uh, it's basically what it was. This hospital shut down. Like I'd have run out of paper. Like it was it, the HIPAA fucking violations. You don't just leave doors cracked open. Like there are alarms that go off, you guys. My listeners know I studied criminal psychology for a couple of years and I spent some time in psych wards that I, I know damn well there's no pens there's no paper clips no. and nothing anything stabby you would never be allowed christmas lights i was gonna say you sure as fuck aren't allowed christmas lights and absolutely no candy canes those things are murder weapons on a exactly. good day exactly 
I would also like to point out the random Santa Claus that just showed up randomly. Oh, I got lost. Well, where the fuck did you come from? It's like, what? Well, that's my point. Like, if if so-and-so had accidentally left the door cracked, that alarm would have been going off so goddamn loud that Santa Claus wouldn't have wanted to go in there in the first place. And there would have been three levels of security minimum to get to where this this patient Um, was. Can I also point out something... Can I also point out something that made me roll my eyes? And it's not just this movie. It's it's a lot of like, it's a trope in general from movies before, uh, from this time before, where it's like the most trashy, grossest dude in the world getting hit on by like oh, a yeah. sexy, like yeah. whatever, and going, hey, Santa, let me fill your stocking. And you're just like, why? Why would you even want? Are you? No woman is that desperate to fuck that Santa. Right. I'm just saying, no woman. <laughs> he was gross he and was. doughy and wrong, and you know he had a scent. Yes. <laughs> you know there was an odor. Yes. Oh, that saying. costume was not washed. Yeah. That costume was not washed in a long time. But no, as I wrote my nurse yes. notes, oh, because you have to understand, <laughs> she's not a woman. That's whore nurse. Hey Santa, if I sit on your lap, will you give me what I want for Christmas? You've been good all year. You sure you want to blow it on the last day, huh? I'll be good. I bet you will. (laughs) She's not even a nurse. She's a candy striper. They're all horny. You've seen enough erotic films to know every candy striper is a whore. (laughs) Which is probably why candy stripers don't really exist anymore. Yeah. But but, if you notice that there's always one in every film, but it's various, you know, various businesses, like one's a nurse, one's a cop, one's a waitress, one's a this. It's like, uh, no, trust me, no one, no woman is that desperate. No, it's always some girl. After a long day working at a hospital, you're like, I'm fucking going home. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the one thing I want to do. My back hurts. I got bit. I don't want to fucking be here anymore. It's Christmas. Yeah. I've seen more feces today. I don't need to see yours. <laughs> well, and the thing that made me so yeah, fucking, d- no, no. fucking crazy about that is so like, I didn't work in a locked ward. I did work in a facility where people could be detained legally, like uh, put on a 72 hour hold. And we fucking bent over backwards to try and make that place as non-institutional as we could. We had a Christmas tree. Uh, we used to put on lights until one of the little shitheads broke a bunch of the lights and then was handing out the pieces of the, the, fucking glass to the other kids so they could all go cut but there's no way in fuck that any client on a psychiatric hold let alone somebody as presumably dangerous as billy would be allowed to have fucking christmas lights in his room and not just because of the potential harm to staff obviously this person is homicidal and has you know they i'm sure they have homicidal ideation at this point still too but as a fucking risk to themselves, they wouldn't even have a goddamn electrical outlet in there. Yes. Yeah, oh, sure. Have some Christmas lights. It'll cheer up this suicide attempt person. Yeah. No, and then they hang themselves. No, no. no, it would never happen. It wouldn't be there. Or they break it's, the bolts and cut themselves. Like, Well, this is what happens with Canada with their universal health care. The cutbacks <laughs> have to come somewhere. <laughs> Canada, with their, Canada. It's all Canada's fault. It's not going to cost you anything. We're going to give you all this stuff that you can kill people with. Canada with their universal health care and, and metric access, system and access, moves. To, access to mental health and the murder geese and your bilingual French ways. How dare you? <laughs> like, Roby. God damn it. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, did you notice that when Santa Claus arrived, before he got to Billy's cell, he stopped and peeked in another cell, and the cell was Richard Ramirez. I, I, I couldn't Oh my God, out. I did not even... It was very I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. He, he I said, was, is that supposed to be funny? But if you don't know, Richard Ramirez is yeah. the Night Stalker killer. Well, and, yeah, and the, I don't the, even understand... <sighs> well, and then he had the weird Bible verse, like... Like so, so it's not just Richard Ramirez, but he's Richard Ramirez. If he thought he was Jesus, sure. Uh, that whole thing made me so angry. I, now that now I'm angry. Like I didn't yeah. realize. I thought it was just some random psycho. Now you tell me this, and now I'm pissed. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, uh, that was not in the original script. And apparently, Glenn Morgan didn't know about that scene yeah, at all. That sounds smells like another Harvey White. Well, that makes part. me more angry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why? Why? <laughs> and, but fortunately, after after running uh, uh, running into Richard Ramirez, uh, Horny Santa bumps into Officer Exposition. Yes. You guys keep him locked up with just a padlock? That lock's just to make him feel at home. Right. Because his mom kept him locked in the basement his whole life. The attic. See, that's the key to Billy Lance. He just wants to feel at home. Especially on Christmas. He's trying to escape every year. Is to be home on Christmas. It tastes like chicken. Because it's chicken. It's the closest we could get to how mom used to taste. Uh, yes. Officer HIPAA violation. Hold on, sir. I'd Before like I escort you out of here, I'm going to have to drop a whole lot of plot. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your, your, your multiple fines of, of a minimum of $10,000 and up to five years in prison for sharing a confidential patient in, uh, information. Uh, I am going to laugh at the dinner scene when they served uh, Billy his cookies and, okay. and we'll I guess get to that, that. We'll chicken. get to that. Well, actually, yeah. we're going to get to that. Too, yeah, I, I just, just want to get through the scene and then I want to go through um, the, the flashback stuff. Gotcha. Oh God, the flashback stuff. The, so I, the, oh, think, God. I think oh, God. I think Gross Santa was a Harvey Weinstein self-insert. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely. Of course, because the hot, yeah, I could walk in looking like a fat piece of shit and, th- and every hot <laughs> girl in the place is going to want to bone me because right. they want a job and you've also locked the door. You locked the door to your office so they can't get out, Harvey. Yeah, Gross. Exactly. Hey, Santa, Harvey, I love the smell of vodka and body odor. Well, it's Harvey like Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein mm. looks like he smells like spoiled milk. Yes. In every picture. You I've know seen that him. that's Santa... It's got Dukarnar body odor yep. and some form of alcohol, probably cheap vodka. That is the combo I, I smelled looking at him. There's a there's a and sp- cocaine sweat and cocaine sweat or meat sweat. Like <laughs> oh, he just yeah, ate I can't in, forget that. He just ate an entire fucking Hillshire Farms summer sausage before coming in, and now he's got the fucking meat sweats. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, now it's all just coming out of his pores, so he smells like old meat as right. well, you know? You know that I am so meat. turned on right now. By the way, I now want to write a movie called Cocaine and Meat Sweats. I, I watch it. <laughs> I think that needs to be your autobiography title. So basically what happens, what happens is that Billy, it's Christmas, sub, the stupid orderly gives Billy a candy cane with his dinner, and he stabs his way out of the hospital, and he's on the loose. Right. And we're on the, the, okay, and the thing is, we're cutting back and forth to the sorority and flashbacks, but I figure since the backstory is in the past, let's just start with the backstory. Sounds good. That, uh, let's get it out of the way. It's gross. Yeah, so yeah gross. basically, Mrs. Peacock and an unfortunate soul give birth to that yellow bastard from uh, Sin City. 
uh, yeah, from Sin City. Yeah, nobody. Which is not even makeup. It's literally just some sort of lighting effect yes. slash film effect. Yeah, just a tin, yeah. With jaundice. I, I'd also I've like to point out members. his skin stopped being jaundiced halfway through the movie. Like, he just wasn't jaundiced anymore. Well, At least on my TV, jaundiced. he wasn't halfway through the film. But then again, from what I understand, there were so many, according to Michelle Trachtenberg, there were so many shoots and reshoots and different versions of the script. She's like, I don't know if my character lives or dies and I don't know what the movie's about. Right. <laughs> well, uh, neither do we. So I agree with you, Michelle. Right. I agree. Plus, John just doesn't play from an acting point of view, that must be a, from, from an acting point of view, that must be really difficult way to work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I, <laughs> yeah. Sounds if you don't know, I mean, you have to kind of know your character's through line, right? You can't know the future, but you have to know where you are in the story. And if you don't know, everything comes out flat. And I think that's why the movie is like this. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I don't blame the actors. Too many cooks at all. in the kitchen. No, I don't blame the, I don't yeah. blame the actors at all. Like, I think they did the best they could. No, not at all. They're they trying their best. I, I will did. say that. Like, they were like, they were doing what they could. Like, I have to give, like, oh, I was just going to say, some of them, <laughs> like, they did have the occasional gem in their delivery. Like, I really liked when, right before Lacey Chabert's character gets it, when she goes, Eve, you crazy fucking bitch, I can see your breath. And I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and I can smell I your cup. That was pretty funny. Somebody yeah. was just fucking <laughs> yeah. over it, and she's just at the end of her, of her patience. And... Like that part made you know that unintentionally made me laugh, but okay, I know. Okay, so, is, yeah. all right, we jumped ahead. We jumped ahead. Let's stick to format. We Although did, since we've we already did. jumped ahead, you brought places your bear, and I don't want to forget about it because I am drinking something I got <laughs> off of somewhere. I don't know where, but I didn't come up with this. But said, <laughs> Lacey Chabert. Uh, Lacey Chabert starred in, in 2006 Black Christmas, which was both a critical and financial flop. But don't worry, Black Christmas is only the. Th- 15th worst of the 25 Christmas movies that Lacey Chabert made that year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, honey. Hey, she, she's working. Good for her. She was originally on Party of Five, right? Yeah, Party of Five. Oh, okay. And yeah. Mean Girls. And Well, and she was in Lost in Space, which was unfortunate. That was a terrible movie. Terrible. Yeah. Movie. Everyone was unfortunately involved. Anyone who was involved in that movie, that I mean, was unfortunate for them. I, if you're in I, a vehicle from Matt LeBlanc, you've got problems. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would still fuck <laughs> Gary Oldman as Dr. Smith. I'm not going to lie, but that's between me and not that. That's a different issue. That, that, that's totally well, that's different. That's Gary Oldman. Because yes. Gary <laughs> exactly. Oldman. Let's elevate our a- crap by putting Gary Oldman in it. All right. it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> you can fuck Gary Oldman and he can leave the room and come back 15 later and you can fuck him again and think it's a totally different person. Exactly. That's half the fun. So it's like you get, it's like you have multiple parts, like being polyamorous without being polyamorous. Or vibrators. (laughs) I I thought I was a huge slut this whole time, but in fact, I'm monogamous. (laughs) I thought he was fucking all these dudes, and it turns out it was my husband. (laughs) Turns out it was Gary Oldman the whole time. It was really weird when Winston Churchill fucked me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was a little odd, but Dracula fucking me was pretty cool. Dracula was hot, (laughs) holding the cigar from Churchill. Uncomfortable. Yeah, a little uncomfortable. And uh, let's not get started on the fifth element. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ran it in, ran it in, ran it in. Okay, uh, okay. All right, so we've given birth to this yellow baby. Which he's yellow for no reason. That's a plot device that doesn't need to be no, there. No, it doesn't. And that's that, not I don't how, even know why he was yellow. They just said he was yellow. That's, 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 that's oh, not okay. how jaundice works either. You don't just stay jaundice for the rest of your no. life. His parents hate each other. The mom's this bitter old drunk who's like 20 years older than her husband. And the husband is so gay. Joan Crawford, if you hit her with a truck, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, she, she Billy's got a gay daddy. She reminds me daddy. of Joan yes. Crawford in, uh, what was it, Maniac? Where they tried to, yes, she was like in her 70s and they tried to have her playing a 30-year-old and did like 
nothing to make her look younger than 70. There's yes. nothing you there was nothing you could do to make her look younger than 70 at that I point. Mean, but she fair. did it. That's fair. Yeah. I laughed my fucking head off because because I'm like, oh, oh, Billy. I don't know what it was. The tech that started to look at him like, oh, Billy, uh, Billy's got a gay daddy. And this yeah, scene, that was definitely a gay daddy. Yeah, for sure. It was <laughs> the scene where the mom is telling him, what are you looking for presents for? Santa Claus isn't coming for you. Why are you bothering putting with those cookies? Santa ain't coming to see you. Russians shot his sleigh down. Santa Claus is dead. And then the dad leaned over and whispered in Billy's ear, don't listen to her, son. Listen, if you go upstairs to your rooms, you'll find something for yourself. Like he had the most syllabin S's. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> and the fact that so was... are they trying to say that kids turn yellow if you have sex with a gay man? Is that what they're trying to say <laughs> in this film? I mean, it does sound like Republican I mean, that... propaganda, but. I'm going to say that maybe mom's liver was damaged from all the booze that she's been drinking. <laughs> Yep, yeah, that's the case. Probably. The mom would have been yellow, not the kid. She, yes. well, you don't There's, understand. You don't understand Canadian biology, do you? You really don't. <laughs> Marine biology, <laughs> Canadian biology, Canadian biology is different from American he's, biology. He's blaming the Canadians again. Yeah, that's it's just this, there's a lot of Canadian shaming going on in this episode. It's not shaming. It's that I don't understand them, and if I don't, understand, they're magical creatures that, that we can't possibly understand. <laughs> But the thing is that the dad says, "Let go upstairs. There's a present for you." So, dad, so Billy has to go upstairs and find a present. In Daddy's secret hole, like he's fucking Boo Radley, right? <laughs> Daddy's got something for you in my secret hole, right? In, in, <laughs> in the most dreary fucking house on the block, like, yeah, for fuck's sake, like, put up some wallpaper or something. Jesus, it looks like the fucking Sawyer family used to live here. Yeah, and I mean, I get it that it's 2006. It's the era of torture porn and French extremism and and the Halloween remake, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. I think that would influence this a lot for some reason. It's just, it's, it's just this kind of awful scummy. Right. Scummy the, for no reason. Yeah, the grimy, origins for this killer. Because, like, all of the food looked disgusting. Like, intentionally disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so she, she hates the kid. Because it reminds her of his father, who she hates. So she locks him in the, they keep him in the attic. Well, that happens after they murder the father because he witnesses it. Oh, is that what it is? I thought, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. But just, she's just awful to him anyway. Yeah, huh? she's just a fucking bitch. Awful. Like, it's like. All right, 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 right. It's the 70s, bitch. It's called divorce. Look into it. But murder is so much easier. I, I guess. It's more fun. I mean, more of an upper body workout, if nothing else. Hey, listen, I was in the Marines. You think I'm going to be afraid of giving the hammer? <laughs> Girl. That poor dude really, he really didn't seem like the only one. Now go up in daddy's secret hole. That's my wife, hunty. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, if the guy was, if she, if he knew that that woman, that, if you want to call her, I don't know what to call her. She was like a blob that looked like a woman. She was like, uh, was she was like brittle beef jerky. Yeah. And why didn't he lipstick. just go? Cause they all, he obviously hated her too. He should have just went, you know what? You stay with them. I'm going to take the kid. Cause you hate the kid already. And we're just going to go live your life, darling. Why did not that not happen? They, right. <laughs> why? I'm going to take him with me. So and we're like, going to go pro protest in New York. 
when they're trying. Well, to that's because them. he's he would have been the one. He would have been one of the two nice characters in the movie, and we can't follow nice characters no, in this movie. No, not. you have to be an asshole to be in this film. And his mom's a big <laughs> asshole. And the thing is, she's she's a great actress. But like when the movie started, I'm like, you just had a baby. It looks like you shouldn't have any eggs left in you. And then 15 years later, there's another baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was, she was very shriveled. She was very, I mean, very I know shriveled. alcohol does a number on your system. I mean, I was a, I'm a child of an alcoholic. I know damn well, but good Lord, girl. Good right. Lord. Don't How even get me started on the goddamn incest and that whole flashback stuff. I was like, oh my God, we're really going to do this. We've moved beyond ham-fisted at this point. We have that because it yeah. is almost comic. Like the, the She is melodramatically trying to fuck her new husband on the staircase in the middle of the hallway in the middle of the day, like you do, while the kids are home, like you do. Right. And the and their but her husband is passed out and has whiskey dick. So she goes, she's like, well, you know what? I'm gonna go up and fuck my son instead. And then we get to see that. And they said, that's the Rob Zombie influence right, right here. The son that's what that I'm I thinking. the son that I loathe with every fiber of my being. <sighs> well, and what was up with the weird? Why did they give him the telescope? That's what I say. There's so much inconsistent things. I hate this kid. I hope he dies, but we're gonna give him a Christmas present of a telescope. Right, from mommy and stepdaddy. Like, what the hell? Yeah, Inconsistent. But I was just saying, like I say, all the rewrites and stuff, none of it makes sense. No. And the thing is that we also learn these things through hand-fisted narration things. Like, in the middle of another scene, like, Mrs. Mack is just all of a sudden like, well, Billy didn't break in. Billy lived here. Right. And it's just got this <laughs> ham-fisted thing. Hens was born with a rare liver disease that gave him yellow skin. His parents hated each other. The mother hated Billy. He was not the child she always wanted. When she looked at her son, all she saw was her husband. And then we get the story in dribs and drabs. At weird opportune times, like at the end when it's the when it's Kyle, the boyfriend. What's her name? Lily, Lily, Le- Leslie, Kelly, Kelly's Whatever. boyfriend. Who like they found dead bodies. They're trying to escape, and he's like, "Hold on, I'm gonna have to drop a whole lot of plot right now." Right. You know, you spoiled bitches. You come here for a couple of years and you leave. I live here. I stay here. I used to play on this street before the tournament of frat houses. This was the house that scared the shit out of us. My whole life. What happened? You mean after he washed down his Christmas cookies with a glass of milk? And also, I oh, just... Oh, my God. What if... I just yeah. called you guys a bunch of spoiled bitches. So by all means, you're going to invite me to add detail to this story. Instead of... But yeah, let, and Tell us a story, Kyle. <laughs> He's not wrong. What's up with the weird sex tape subplot going on with that too? Again? What was up with that? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Wine, all right. Wine, so basically, okay, okay. Let's just, okay. I just want I just want to skim through the rest of the backstory. The rest of the backstory is that like, okay, she fucks, she fucks <laughs> her own son. She gets pregnant. She has another baby. It's Agnes. She loves Agnes. She's my family now. Ugh. And Agnes was a fifty-year-old, ten-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <gasps> She looked like a cartoon character of some kind or some kind of animatronic. It was fa- fascinating. Yeah, it was yeah. really weird, the prosthetics they put on she her face. She kind of looked like the... I don't know why they made her look older. Was that supposed to be like saying, oh, look, she's inbred, so she looks like she's 50? Like, what? I think it was supposed to say that, okay, we got a, we got a little girl, but she's not gorgeous. She's not a little angel. I guess. She's not the... But gra- she looked like I, she was hitting menopause. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> She's a child of incest and Canadian. You don't know how these things happen. Okay. But 
And of course, Billy's super, Billy super jealous of Agnes that he winds up. Uh, they oh they got uh, the the we left at the point there. The, there's this new stepdad who murders the gay dad. Yeah, they bury him under the house. Dad. Yeah, and yeah. that's when they lock Billy up in the house. Then the then she get the, he gets whiskey dick. Then she goes up and fucks Billy, and then she has the baby. Then it's Agnes, and they have this this whole thing. And then he decides to murder the whole family. You know he he, yes. he attacks he attacks Agnes and pokes her out one of her eyes out and he kills both of the parents and I could have been more. and then makes Christmas cookies since oh, you, you brought it up please tell cookies. me about the fucking Christmas cookies oh, so stupid <laughs> what the hell was that even like that had no relevance to anything I mean it was just more like a how many fucking crazy serial killer stereotypical bullshit can we throw into one scene to make them as creepy as possible well apparently oh, we'll have them make Christmas Apparently, this was another studio insert behind. Don't say studio. Don't say studio. It's a specific person. Don't blame the whole another, studio. I just don't want to talk about Harvey Weinstein inserting anything. But yeah, this is this was more going behind the director. I mean, the director said they went behind his back and added a bunch of this shit. And yes. And it just I was. And so- his big thing was make it gorier and gorier, gorier, yes, gorier. It's got to yes. compete with with hostile. Yes, and saw. which is unfortunate. And the thing too is like, you know, I like to cook and I like to bake and I'm offended by the fact that they took something that would have been savory and tried to make it look sweet. Okay. That would have tasted like bacon and we all fucking know it. Well, I don't know. That mama was pretty, was pretty pickled. So I might have some extra. (laughs) (laughs) That would just make it saltier, Patrick. My, would it? Okay. (laughs) I don't know how pickling works. Yes. It's a brine. And yeah, and it was just, it was so dumb. And yeah, like, he makes Christmas cookies out of her flesh and he cooks them. And that's when the cops break in and he gets taken away. And Agnes is taken into an adoption, into an orphanage. And we don't know where she is now. I was laughing at the whole thing. Like she was a victim of incest and she missed it. She was missing an eye. No parent would ever want to right. adopt that. I'm like, wow. And she looked, leaving out the fact that she looked like a Monchichi. <laughs> so like, Damn. Well, and the thing too that's, harsh. that's so irritating about this is it's like, so we're getting spoon fed everything as pertains to Billy. But then there's just a huge chunk in Agnes's background where it's like, oh, and apparently she became crazy and figured out that Billy was her dad and decided to kill everybody too. Why? And some have their best yeah. friends now. And they've, they've had no contact all this year. They just hate. Yeah. And she refers to him as Why her- couldn't we have done like a Freddy versus Jason thing? Like they just have a big battle royale at the end or something. Well, they, kept, cool. they kept trying to like insert people to make you think maybe they're Agnes. Like, oh, maybe it's Eve. Oh, I bet Eve is Agnes. Oh, but maybe it's, it's Mrs. Mac. Oh, maybe she's Agnes. Oh, but maybe it's Lee. Maybe she's Agnes. And there's like a fucking 20 year age disparity between all three of these characters. You yeah. know, like, like, is there going to be like a five year old jump roping down the street? And, oh, I bet she's Agnes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Murder baby! Ah! <laughs> it's because she's Canadian. That's why she doesn't age. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, yes, this movie has flaws, for one. No. Uh, but, too, it was just... It's not Christmas until Cindy says this movie has flaws. Yep. This movie, <laughs> this yeah. movie is a this festering abscess. It's waiting for Dr. Sandra Lee to lance. This movie was definitely an abscess on the ass of Christmas, and I, I am, I personally am angry about it. The only thing that can fix this movie is drainage and antibiotics. Yeah, because the yeah. Way you, when you put it that way, yes, because at the sa- at the exact same time, the movie is both understuffed and overstuffed. Yeah, 
Yes, thank you. Like yeah. I said, it couldn't figure out if it wanted to be a parody or not. Like it literally was like two steps away from being a parody. Yeah, there's so <laughs> much back plot in here and so many unnecessary plot devices and red herrings that don't need to be there. And yet it's missing things like character. Yeah. Motivation, yep. continuity, yep. things like that. Actual so it's both really overstuffed and understuffed. So it's an odd thing. Okay. So let's just get to the house. We're at the house. All right. So it's Christmas. And okay. So Claire's dead, blah, blah, blah. And we have everybody sitting in the house bitching endlessly. I'm like, is anything, are these girls ever going to get off the couch? Is what right. I remember sitting in the theater. How thinking, dare they have to just, open Christmas presents? How very dare they? Everyone's so mad about Christmas. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, uh, somebody with money gave me a gift. How will I ever find the impetus to open up the gift and be grateful? Okay. Maybe Mary Elizabeth Winstead takes a lot of flack for this movie because her accent changes four times. Oh, I didn't even pay attention. During the course of the movie. Cause she's supposed, she's supposed to be this. She's actually, I mean, she can do no wrong. She's one of the highlights of the movie. I really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And she honestly was too. one of her character was one of the few that I didn't feel came across like a complete bitch. But can I say, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm really not okay with any of this. I mean, buying a Christmas present for a serial killer? No, you see, serial killers murder repeatedly for sexual thrill. Billy Lenz was a spree killer. Dude just fucking lost it. Thank you. Oh, whatever, Melissa, okay? I'm just offended by a, a pagan sacrifice to ward off evil spirits on Christmas. Heather, we're just having a little bit of fun. The vibe I got from her was more like... She rushed a sorority or pledged or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. We didn't have a Greek system at the yeah. college I went to. And joined the sorority and too late realized she's not a good fit for that sorority. So she's super uncomfortable the entire time she's there. But she never directly lashes out. I think the only thing is, is she's really uncomfortable with the whole gift to Billy thing. Because it goes against her Christian, it goes against her right. religious beliefs. Which, and then fine, the other people just sure. like eviscerate her because she's uncomfortable with the fact that this gruesome tradition has continued. And Christmas, which you know, I'm sure in her family was normally probably a much kinder experience. And yeah, so she was like yeah. one of her and the main character, the only two that like they didn't do much to really earn my sort of loyalty to them, but they didn't do anything to actively set my teeth on edge either. No, they were the two pleasant characters. So. Yes. When I saw it the first time, I, w I remember going, oh, when Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winston got bumped off. Yeah. Because she was one of the more interesting people. I was kind of hoping she was going to be the final girl, to be perfectly honest, because they kind of were setting it up a little nah, bit in the beginning. And too, I'm like, okay, cool. It's always going to make it. If you got yeah. a house full of brunettes and this one blonde, the blonde is going to survive. That's how yeah, I true, yep. true. But I mean, I do not fault her on the accent thing. If there were as many reshoots yeah. and retakes yes. and script rewrites as there were, they might have said, well, they're not going to do this with the accent. And then the editor has right. to splice shit together. And it's just right. not in yeah. your control. I mean, I'm not going to, she's a better actress than that. The best they could. She's from a different part of the South or what have you. Well, apparently her name changed several times. So she's, she's like listed as Heather Fitzgerald, yeah. but the script says Heather Lee. And yeah. she's like, I don't so know which they were one saying it's Heather Lee Fitzgerald. <laughs> I am very, very amused that every actress on this movie just gave up. Just like, I don't know, whatever. I got paid. I mean, <laughs> there's only so much you can fucking do. Like, I remember when this came I, out. I totally respect that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just trying to make a living. 
I remember when this fucking movie came out. No, you're on set 18 hours a day, every fucking day. And it's like this every day you're just getting through. And that's what this whole and cast is doing. Unfortunately, you can see that in the performances too. You can right. totally see that they're like, just there's a paycheck at the end of this fucking movie and I'm going to get there. You can tell that in every face of every actor right. on that set. <laughs> so that's true. Cause everybody's a bitch, but nobody's having fun being a bitch. Yeah, That's something you got to give to Margot. That's right? what's missing. Like, cause that, like, I always think of that scene from the original, the, the fellatio joke when she's fucking with the cop yeah. and like none of that was translated into this version at all. No, everyone was just angry. <laughs> yeah. Because the actor themselves was angry and that's all. Everyone was just an angry, bitter, angry person to be a part of this film. And you know what? I support them. I am on board to like, yeah, like you go, you get angry at this film because I'm angry at this film. Yeah. Yeah, I I watched it with some friends the other night and one of the comments that came up in the chat, they're like, all the kills are like really abrupt and unsatisfying. Yeah, they're, they're and they're all the same. It's all like let's throw a bag over someone's head and stab them in the Pretty eye. Much, like that's yeah. all they do Pretty over much. and yeah. over and over again. Or, that's why I was laughing at the end of that scene in the attic where there's like a decapitated head on the Christmas tree. I'm like, when did the fuck that happen? I don't remember that fucking well, happened. Well, why that happened, see that? Yeah, happen? that happened off yeah. camera because that was the chick where they opened the door, the car door, and the head fell. That out. was yeah, that was Eve. Eve. Yeah, but I was just like, who was? Yeah, but I was like, why didn't we get to see the one interesting death? We didn't get right. to see that one. Great. Who, for whatever reason, Thanks. was obsessed oh, with Billy? Can we talk? Can we talk about Eve? <laughs> can we talk about Eve and her like? I <laughs> would like to talk I mean, about Eve, the ugly duckling of the sorority Who house. Didn't, wasn't even in the fucking movie for more than five minutes. Well, and then the, the, the <laughs> like whole it. ugly duckling thing—it's that 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 the, that usual bullshit where we got a hot chick and we got to grub her up. So let's put her in some glasses. Yeah, put her some glasses and pull her, and hair, pull her back. hair back. Yeah. and and put a uh, crucifix and give her on her. Big clothes. And there you go. <laughs> so. Boom. Okay. Eve shows up halfway through the movie. But to be fair, like you said, she's got like three lines. But then again, Claire's got none. The fr- the first, the second gil- girl who got killed had like two. And then it, these girls are disposable. All of cannon them. Cannon fodder. They're Absolutely. all cannon fodder. Yeah. Cannon fodder. But Eve shows up and interrupts the Christmas celebration. And she comes down the stairs and says, Merry Christmas, Heather. I have a present for you. And it says, Merry Christmas, everyone. And they cut to the room, close-ups of everyone's faces, looking at her like Eve did something weird. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Heather. Merry Christmas, everyone. You're all, like, my family now. You're the ones being weird. No matter how weird the person is who just came down the stairs and said, Merry Christmas, everyone, right. you say it back. Yeah, well, they she were literally just like, handed us a gift and moved on. They were acting <laughs> like she was like, like, okay, so, you know, Billy ostensibly is is put away, but, you know, so we put Eve in the attic and somehow she's gotten out. And now we're all afraid. Yeah, that's what it, yeah, that's what it felt like. Like, what's wrong with Eve? She hasn't even been in the movie that long enough for us to perceive anything wrong with her. She seems pleasant and polite. She's ugly and wears glasses. She must be evil. She wears glasses. When she leaves leaves the room and they all look at Andrea Martin's character, she goes, she's a legacy. Her mother was a member. And it's just like, 
Okay. Does Eve have some place to be? The island of misfit toys. Her mother was a legacy. And? Her mother's dead. She has no boyfriend, no family. And really, where does she have to go? All what of you are do? awful. You, You're all you awful your people. The sprinkler system? Like, what is your problem? <laughs> okay. I actually would like to have seen that in this movie more than anything else. Just e fucking the sprinkler system. She comes down the stairs. <laughs> she comes down the stairs and says Merry Christmas. And they all look at her like Reagan when she came down the stairs and the exorcist and pissed on the floor in the middle of the cocktail yes. party. <laughs> right. And pissed on like, the floor. What just happened? Why are we so <laughs> angry at this one woman? It's like, what the fuck, people? How dare she, oh my you know, God. wear her hair back instead of in a, uh, flow, you know, a, a medium cut with tasteful highlights. She's a legacy. Yeah. The, How dare she you didn't get, like you didn't, have a high buttoned shirt on and a crucifix? How dare right. she? <laughs> you didn't, you didn't get the official cap of haircut. Right. We all have it. Thank you. Thank you. They all have the same hair. Every really single one of them. Did. I couldn't tell the difference between any of them. And then they don't even, they didn't even give her a decent death. No, no, because she died off camera. That, that whole scene doesn't make sense. Like she comes downstairs and she's watching everybody like at the party and like she's about to step out and then she just disappears. Well, and, oh, and so, even the so, gift giving so scene Agnes, didn't make any sense. The killer has gotten ballsy enough to just be yanking girls out of plain view in a room full of crowded people now. Is that what's happening? I guess. But even the, the gifts didn't make any sense because there's a whole thing where it's it's wrapped in the newspaper from 1991. And it's like, okay, so... Oh, the newspaper bullshit yeah, made so no like sense. If, if, if Eve is obsessed with Billy, which is what's conveyed because she's got the huge mural of him up on her, her, her room, uh, the wall in her room, newspaper from 1991, like you're not going to have like so much of it that you're going to use it as wrapping paper. Like if you're obsessive, yeah. this, is, this is part of your collection. You're not going to use it for something as Thank banal you. as that. And then she gives her that's a treasure yeah, item. She gives her the unicorn head, and as she's un, unwrapping it, she goes, "Well, I know you really like all that that Bible stuff." Thanks, Eve. That's that's so sweet. I know you like the Bible and stuff. Well, that's the spirit. Oh, come on, everybody, let's get this thing rolling. And it's like, what the fuck does a unicorn head have to do with biblical stuff? That I was like, I'm sorry. What? When was the like? What book of the Bible is that in Genesis? <laughs> Did you never hear? You didn't read that book of the Bible where Noah built the ark, but then the unicorns got there later. Got the green yeah, alligators and long neckies. Hopping back camels out of Is that book of shells still Don't Christine? forget my that <laughs> Noah forgot to put the unicorn on the ark. It's in we the Bible. Yeah, we sang that stupid fucking song by the Irish Rovers when I was in uh, elementary school. Like I said, it's the book of uh, You mean the one that goes the green alligator? <laughs> as, a, as a unicorn obsessed child, that song hurt me. Okay? Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm still angry about that. If you're gonna bring back an iconic thing from the first film, like the glass unicorn, they didn't use any of no, that well. Well, what and the hell? They, well, you know... If you want to like give something to a Bible thumper, just a unicorn is great, I guess. <laughs> but then, like, people keep getting threatened with it. But then, when people get killed with it, you don't uh -uh. actually see the people get killed with the glass unicorn. So it's all very, it's all well, shit. It's it, all shit. This and it was shit. Yes, this this movie movie is shit. shit. And it wasn't. It wasn't the same kind of, of of glass unicorn head like in the original movie. Because when Barb gets that, like that thing is scary looking. Like that fucking horn is way too long. It's crazy fucking sharp and smooth. And this one, it was like, it was a twisted unicorn uh, horn. 
and the the tip was blunted. So it didn't have that same sort of quiet menace that the original unicorn head had. But that one wound up not being the murder unicorn because Leslie, Leslie, the drunk girl, had a completely different unicorn. She had a pink less yeah. unicorn. That's the one that got used for murdering everybody. Yeah. I'm like, what the? F-? I don't know. Okay, there's two unicorns now, and one's pink. There's the gay unicorn, which is redundant. <laughs> and they only used it. All unicorns. They only used it to poke her eyes out. Like, like when Barb was killed, it was a goddamn bloodbath. Like, I hate this movie. Flaws. Flaws. I hate this movie. Flaws. 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 Yeah, so everybody gets it. Okay, I have to say, the one character who brought some life into the movie is Claire's sister, Lee, when she showed yeah, I up. Yeah, I, I liked her, actually. You're a legacy? What year? 93, 94, I don't know. I started late, I quit early. 1993 is the year I became house mother. I don't remember you. I mean, this was supposed to be such a big fucking weekend. Excuse my language, but I drove all the way out here in this shitty, shitty weather. I blew off a weekend in Vail with a cardiologist, which I is- I love that coat. Are you actually giving me shit when none of you can tell me where my sister is, huh? As much as you can like anybody. Granted, she's you. serving the same bitch energy as everybody else's first, but hers is justified. And I was on her side for a while. I'm like, you're tough. You've got nails of steel. I well, like yeah, and you. She says like she had been at the sorority. She didn't like it. Like, so obviously her, her memory is there. Fuck this place. Fuck all these people. Right. I hate being She here. didn't want to be here in the first place. <laughs> I blocked it all out. But went for, for the sake of her sister. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't imagine a sorority in 1991 would have been particular, 1993 or whatever it was, would have been particularly a, a welcoming place. When she shows up, she does have every right to be angry. I just quoted Pat Bennett. She's got every right to be angry. <laughs> because she's like, where the fuck is my sister? Why doesn't anybody know where she is? I don't want to be here. I want to pick her up and get the fuck out of her. And all of you are being really shady and you all have stupid yeah. hair. What I thought was the thing was, is she's the only one that actually had any backstory. So that's what made her endearing is we actually knew something about her. Everyone else was just this weird cookie cutout of chick. And she actually had just like no a little no. bit of depth. So you were like, I'm going to latch on to the one character that actually has any depth. Right. To them, and like, you know, she's, she's a little unpleasant, but you find out like she's in the midst of going through a divorce. She's worried about her sister. She's in a place she doesn't like. She's quite a bit older than her sister. And you can tell like from the way she talks about how Claire was the one that tried to sort of bridge the gap between them, that she probably has some regret over the fact that, she wasn't as close to her sister as she could have been. And she just drove through a blizzard to get here. Where the right. fuck is my sister? And nobody, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, and there's yeah. a fucking house mother and the house mother has no fucking idea. So the adult who arguably should have been in charge of this, you know, band of fucking sand fleas has, has Twice. no idea <laughs> where the fuck okay. the, the little bed bugs have gotten to. And so like, I'd be pissed too. And oh, by the way, there's all this other shit going on. And just shout out to that actress. That actress is Kristen Cloak. She is actually the wife of Glenn Morgan, the director. And we know her from Final Destination. She was the teacher. I love the first her. One. I just, there's something wonderfully cynical about her. And I absolutely love the way when she plays an angry, bitter, older woman. And I'm like, yes, yes, speak my language. Right. <laughs> yeah, the more she was on screen and the way she fought, the way she fought for herself and her sister and the way her, she's the only character that has an arc emotionally. She goes on a journey through this they movie. They piss that down their legs too. I'm just going to say, piss that fucking down their leg. Yeah, for sure. So. She's not the same woman at the end of the movie that she was when she first showed up in the movie, and she was not supposed to die. No, yeah, you could script. tell. Which that pissed was... me off even more because <laughs> she was such an interesting character. 
Shit, no, because we because at this point we've survived technically the final battle, and this is the after battle. Like this is the tag non shit that you also know was tag. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, last the minute shit tag on at the end. Yeah, uh, the whole battle at the hospital. You don't knock her out. Like we had this motion, and then we had that lovely bonding scene where she gives um, Kelly, I can, uh, Kelly, the the watch that the sister gave, right. whatever, was opening up the present. They had this bonding moment. I'm like, okay, we're two survivors. We were enemies before, but now we're we've got this, and we're, we're survivors. And then you just knock her off unceremoniously my right. might add like totally right. just unceremoniously the stupidest fucking death well, imaginable it's so it's so goddamn dumb and the thing that i why the fuck was a guy playing agnes i need an answer i'm still that. baffled like, by that i'm like what that was one thing in 2006 it's a whole different kettle of fish <laughs> in 2022 True. It was so fucking weird and pointless and stupid. Because it's clearly, it's clearly a guy. It's clearly a guy in a wig. It, yeah. That's yeah. Why? What was the point? It's not like the sister with MS in the original Pet Cemetery, which I did not know that was a man until many years. No, later. I didn't either. In fact, I thought for years it was Amanda Plummer. It's like the same thing with um in Wreck, where they had that you know horrible creature at the end, and it was clearly supposed to be a woman, and it was a dude. Oh, I mean, that yeah, it was yeah, makes it was sense why that. they would cast it that way. But it's like, why? What were you trying to prove? Were you trying to do a like sleepaway camp throwback? Were you trying to do show like, oh, she's so yeah, grotesque? Was Agnes never a girl? Was she born a yeah. boy? But mommy wanted a girl. We, we don't, don't know because we didn't go into it. No. <laughs> So it's like, but now, but it leaves us with a big, ugly, stinking pile of transphobia. It really which was, which is not cool. Yeah. Oh, it because was it wasn't just a man playing Agnes. It was a large man playing Agnes. Yeah, a large in man a bad wig. in a horrible yes. wig. I can forgive a lot of things, but bad wiggery and the ill-fitting <laughs> clothing. Like they didn't even try to make him look right. like a girl. Like they was literally look like just some dude in a dress, and that was yeah. There was yeah. like transphobia coming out. And of the nothing ass like there. the child at the beginning. Nothing like the child at no, the beginning. Not nothing at all. Like at all. <laughs> nothing. Well, and they said so. Like in the trivia for this shit pile, they said like well, you know a man played Agnes, but. They deliberately like played up the the they, they made the mouth and the nose very feminine to sort of confuse no, they the didn't. gender. And I was like, no, they really didn't. They no, just they slapped didn't. some lipstick on a dude. <laughs> they did, but did they did, but that added to the transphobia. Yeah, like right. that looks like a face that's had some work on it. Was it was just that they take oh, away the more masculine features. Just made me so pissed. And it's all achy. Gross. Well, and then the and then it's all achy. Speaking in the the, the falsetto and the very thick Canadian accent that that actor had. <laughs> I'm waiting for my daddy. They're not your family. Agnes. I'm not your family. And your brother's not here. No, my daddy's here. My, yes. My daddy. And it was just like, all right, you guys, come on. What is going on? Yeah. Just, She's my family now. Just cut, cast a woman. <laughs> just cast a tall woman. Why is that right. so hard? You know, or you know, like, just cast a tall woman, or cast a tall woman. Or shit, <laughs> if you're if you're gonna be a transphobe, at least be open about being a fucking trans. Yeah, at least make it a plot point. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that's a Harvey Fires, Harvey Firestein, Harvey Weinstein thing. I'm gonna blame everything bad on him too. Actually, yeah. I hate that their names are so similar. I know. No, I'm like, not not the good Harvey, the bad Harvey. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it's a horrible movie. It's a horrible. It's a, it's an infuriating movie. There's so yeah, many unanswered really questions. Is. Like, I'm like, when did Billy show up? 
at the sorority house? <laughs> when did the breakout actually happen? I don't know. I, how much killing did he do? How much killing did Agnes do? Because it looked like Agnes did all of it, but then like Billy, but I don't, I don't know because it, it, it's a hot. Billy mess. showed it's up and stole her thunder. And the whole movie it just makes no sense. Yeah, it really fucking is. When were Billy and Agnes communicating? Yeah. Well, how were they communicating? How long was Agnes in the fucking attic? Why didn't anyone ever notice this? Because she was not a graceful woman. So it's like, how did they not? Why does she love this man who stabbed her eye out? Why does she? Why does she care about this man who stabbed her fucking eye out? That's just what their family does. Whenever, right? She appeared to be as like typical a child as could be in an upbringing like that. Like you know, mm-hmm. she knows mom is acting. Give me a little Christmas cookie. Scene. I could eat y'all. Yeah, with how weird mom is <laughs> that was gross. In the, the the Christmas scene, and uh, yeah, and then like that whole thing where she goes to like touch her cheek. She goes to touch her cheek and then doesn't, and like it's just like I just no no. There was a lot of subtext no. in this scene, but none of it made any fucking sense. I think this. I mean, I feel bad for the ed- I feel bad for the editor who had to stitch all this endless footage together together to make something coherent. And then pay, get it passed by Harvey. My favorite text I got oh, was God. from Stacy when, because uh, when you were watching it, when you were talking about the hole in the floor in the shower. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I texted Cindy last night. So there's a scene where it's a drunk Lauren pukes all over everything. And uh, Mona F. Mecklenburg from Pete and Pete puts her in the shower. And the tiles keep keep lifting these, these little like octagonal cut tiles. And there's one scene where after she's in the shower, you see one of the tiles start to raise. And I told Cindy that I, I would have respected this movie more if it had been Billy Boner. Like, if he'd just been watching a naked <laughs> hot girl take a shower and you just see a red bit. Or a I would have totally, bit. yeah. I was going to say if all of a sudden a periscope popped up to the floor, that would have made me happy because there was no way he was getting a good view of anything yes. through that tiny hole in the floor from that angle. But you know what? I yell a big dick coming to the floor would have woken I, me up. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be like, yeah, you know what? Now I, now you have my attention, movie. Now you have my attention. <laughs> but all of that is extra gross now. It's, right? I mean, it's gross to watch anyway. You know, this poor, drunk, vulnerable girl getting peeped on in the yeah. shower and then getting summarily groped while she's passed out. But it's so doubly gross now, triply gross yeah. now. Yes. It's unfortunate. It really is. Although, according to IMDb, that actress was not on set that day for the groping. It's a body double that was a man. Sure. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck with this oh, movie? Yeah, it was a guy get it, girl. Was get it, girl. I hope it was a hot, hot PA who was getting to grope you and you both enjoyed it. And you're both ma- and you're married and you have a million babies. That's what I hope well, so. You have a million gay babies now. You would. I hope so. Right. <laughs> you live in a bright, well-lit, tastefully decorated home. And you have great Christmases. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is so like you're given the idea that, that the entire house is just riddled with these peepholes for Agnes and Billy. Some of these peepholes were not physically possible. Like in one of the rooms, you see the, the thumbtack get pushed out and they're peeping through the thumbtack hole. And it's like you can't. Peep. That was dumb. You can't. So what? He's in the drywall. Like, yeah, that was dumb. That was, it dumb. was super dumb. Yeah. Or even the tile, even the scene with the tile, like the what he's in the subfloor. What are you gonna look at from the floor? Well, you couldn't you couldn't get access to it. That's my point. Like there'd be fucking wood under that tile. 
Yeah, that's what I said too. And even if you could, what can you see? Like, oh, look, a foot. That's doing it. It's like, look at that toe. I saw a vagina for half a second. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I saw a vagina from a really fucking unfortunate angle. Just as they passed yes, over really quick. Yeah, uh, they just walked on their way to the shower. I, I, like, I, oh, just, I, just, saw the, I just saw the... I just, I just saw what looked like <laughs> Cookie Monster's mangy brother. Like, I don't know what the hell I was looking at. <laughs> Cookie Minge. Cookie Minge, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But Patrick, oh, I know vagina oh, is your favorite is that, topic. The, okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. I have no problem talking about a vagina, but just that was funny. It's just like a cookie <laughs> vagina. But why not? Why not? We're already eating people. We're already eating people cookies now. Again, if, 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 if you would watch that movie in slow mode in that one section. There's a whole thing. If I want to make a compliment sandwich about the movie, since we've been shitting on it, there's a stretch where it's almost decent. Like from the time Lacey Chabert gets killed in the under the house, mm-hmm. under the porch. Yeah. Up until the time they go up to the attic and the final battle starts. It's actually fairly tight. Yeah. Yeah. There. yeah. It it's, actually it's, does have a good it's tempo. Until they get to the attic, then it, it goes like off the fucking rails again. Yeah. Then it's, then it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but the kills are good. I mean, I mean, granted that's when the girls get it groped, but it is suspenseful. Um, the scene with, where Michelle Trachtenberger is decent. It's good. And it's a gross effect. And that was another one where I was like, Oh, they killed on. Oh no, that's bad. But, <laughs> yeah, but all the cut the, the conflicts were making sense, and I'm like, all right, this is great. Fucking Kyle shows up again. By the way, he's fucking Kurt Russell's and Goldie Hawn's son. Yeah, I, I, I uh, was very yeah. disappointed when I realized that. You think he'd be a lot better looking? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they, I think no, they kind of deliberately gross him up a bit because he's a. Townie. I will say he's the one death I was actually okay with. I was like, <laughs> I mean, really okay with. Where I was like, thank you. What's <laughs> so gross about that character? It's like at first you think he's cheating because you see him in the beginning, and he. And first of all, yeah, no boyfriend is that eager to spend Christmas with the first Christmas with his girlfriend. I call complete fucking shenanigans. I could be with him anytime. Yeah, but it's not anytime though. It's Christmas. I know, but it's our first. We should be together. We will on Christmas Day. I can't wait till you see what I got you. <laughs> and then we'll be together all week. Well, besides when I have to work. Look, I'm excited, baby, but I gotta be with my sorority sisters too. I mean, I've never really had a big family. I'm your family now. <laughs> when he goes, oh, I'm your, I'll, I'll be your family, and it's just like, mm, no. You've already Ooh. gotten in her pants. No, when he said that was a big red flag, that was a big red flag. I'm like, control freak, run, girl, run, control freak, get out of there. No, and no, no. There was some about that. I think that was trying to be another red herring. Maybe, like, oh, yeah. that could be well, Billy, even though he's the wrong right. age. And I also, really you're my family now is a re- repeated throughout right. the movie. So that was the first right. time we hear it. And yeah. I just yeah. figured they were trying to go for the sort of tense relationship that was going on with Olivia Hussey's character and her boyfriend, where the whole uh, abortion conversation and everything happens where he wants them to get married she's like i don't fucking want to marry you but and and of course like everything else in this movie it's poorly done uh but then so so then immediately he's talking to another sorority sister on the phone and you're thinking okay so he's a fuck boy but then it turns out that he's been secretly rec- like his excuse was well it was before i met you but he's still secretly recording his fucking sexual like con- conquests encounters and again yeah. icky yeah, it's super, icky for new reasons it's 
gross. icky real life. Why are they genuinely trying it's to? I'm sure Harvey did that the too. Point? They're genuinely yeah. trying to put it out as well. No, like he was red herring, but really he was he was victimized. It was like he's recording people without their consent. I get that he's not the one. What was the fucking point? I get that he's not the one that put it on the internet, but he's still fucking recording people without their consent. Look, this was before you came here. Okay, I did not put this on the net. The net? (laughs) What year is it? The net. A guy in my work, he got pissed off at me, and he stole my tapes. (laughs) Tapes? Kyle? How many are there, you fucking liar? Without people's consent. It's this like, guy from work stole my tapes and put them on. This guy from work had access to your tapes? Right. You why does he have why access to your tapes? Why are you showing? Why does he know about them? Were you but, showing? Okay. How? I have questions. And here's the thing, too, is that I said, okay, I thought at least this would set up some drama between the sorority sisters. But no, they don't go there because they immediately killed Megan, the girl in the tape off, which made it icky. Yeah. Which made it icky again. Oh, gosh. I mean, this is so icky. You just she just took the girl. The girls, that girl's opinion doesn't matter. She's out. Yeah. Oh, my God. I honestly think you see more of her in the sex tape than you on film than you do of her as her character on film you do because i don't even remember who what character that was like i don't like when i saw the picture of her i was like oh okay i don't know who that is like i didn't it didn't even register to me that that was one of the sorority sisters that's how very little screen time she got yeah i thought it was just some rando and the thing too like uh, this whole movie is it's just it's fucking mean because it's like yeah these girls are they're bitches but they don't really do anything to deserve what happens to them you know like megan finds out that her ex and even it was just like a like a like a hookup or something like he fucking filmed her and now somehow it's on the fucking internet like she's she's victimized once and then she's victimized again by the movie almost immediately yeah this movie really did not like no it really like it did not like women in any way shape or form no it was almost as bad as the wicker man remake with women but not as blatant (laughs) it was a little more subtle than the uh wicker man remake with how much it hated the only time we're gonna say anything about this movie was subtle yeah Yeah, true (laughs) and i mean i know wall people are a thing and i live i grew up in a rambling old 200 year old victorian man sprawling shithouse mansion the clampet mansion we used to call it um (laughs) but even that didn't have like six feet of space between the actual wall and the outer wall yeah like there used to be that was a lot of action that could happen back there used to have there used to be a children's action museum here in ellensburg and i i took the kids to it a lot when they were, were small my nephews and it was the same kind of thing where it was it was one of the original buildings from downtown, but then the interior had been messed with so much that there were spaces between the walls and you could peek through the cracks in the walls and you could see where they were. And I would we made up a whole story about how there was a monster that lived in the walls, but he was a friendly monster and and you know, we, we weren't gonna go in there because we weren't gonna go in his space. If you wanted to talk to us, he'd come to us with that kind of thing. But but it, it even with that, like it's definitely not roomy enough to allow two six foot plus men with broad shoulders to just fucking run around it and commit shenanigans through. Like there'd be a lot of like, yeah, it was just 
Is that a Canadian thing too? I mean, is that what's going on? It doesn't on? seem he efficient. <laughs> no, because because if it was a Canadian thing, Canadians have the sense because it's cold up there. They know to fill those giant spaces with all the insulation yes, in the world. Thank you. Say, thank you. That's where he keeps. Getting that's why all those spaces newspaper. are there. Yeah, I know. Just from the the crawl spaces. That's why they're so wide. She took all the newspaper Stopped out of it. All the newspaper yeah. in the crawl spaces to try and uh, stop up some of the drafts. That whole house was just kindling from beginning to end. So it was inevitable that the whole house caught on fire. I'm yeah. just saying. But we couldn't afford oh to actually burn God. the house down because we didn't see any of that. No. <laughs> no, we didn't. We saw a little bit of CGI there fire. There was one scene. And again, I, and I'm not going to give this movie credit. I'm sure it was done completely by accident. Where Lee and Kelly are running out of the house and burning down. And there's a scene where, because the fire starts in the attic and then sort of, and then gets into the walls, compliments of dipshit and dumb fuck. And, and so there's a scene where, so they're, you know, they're fleeing down. This is a multi-story house. They're fleeing down the stairs. They make it down into the front hallway where the Christmas tree and stuff is. And there's a scene where as they're heading for the front door, you can see the, the fire flickering behind them. And there was kind of that juxtaposition of the destruction of the fire versus it's very quiet and peaceful in the, the front hallway for, you know, just a handful of seconds before the fire reaches it. And that I thought was particularly striking and creepy. But again, I think that was a hundred percent accidentally done. I don't think it was anything that was intentional. That was thought. a happy accident yeah. right there. Yeah. They had a good director of photography. <laughs> you said the photography looked good. It did. Yeah. So I, I'll give it to Actually, it was a pretty film. It was well lit. The, the like the house when the sorority sisters in the beginning are bitching like I fucking wish somebody would get that festive for Christmas at a house I'm in. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it's it, it was a very pretty film. I will say that a lot of the shots and the lighting and everything looked very deliberate. Mm. Like we're trying to make it look good, and which is why in some ways I felt like a parody because I'm like this movie looks too good to be what it is yeah. like it looks kind of yeah and it's like it was competently lit so that's why part of it felt like it was like a joke like oh this is this can't be a real serious the film scene oh, when yeah. brenda uh mary elizabeth winstead's character gets it that was like heather heather yeah uh that that was like almost a an elegant scene where uh andrea martin's character's outside she's frantically trying to clear the windshield the car shakes. She looks at the, the you know windshield still covered, and then all of a sudden there's this spray of red blood. And like so, like that yeah. was like an artistic shot as well. I'll give them that. But most of the kills were that like sort of like gross, super up close where you can see like the edges of the latex. Like it reminds me of yeah. why uh, Alien Resurrection didn't work for me, where the kills didn't have any of the. They weren't scary. It's not scary if you can see like it's gross. But it's not scary if you can see like, oh, well, there's her head and there's part of her brain where the ice skate hit it. You know, like it's it, it's not scary. It's just gross. And then all of the like weird over the top, like cannibalism shit that they shoehorned in, like the number of times. And the eye stuff. Somebody yeah. ate a yeah, goddamn which I was, yeah, was just like, come the fuck on. All right. What the fuck was up with that? Like, I was like, what does the eyeball stuff have to do with anything? <laughs> well, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, if Agnes is the killer, he did stab her eye out. So I can see her being obsessed with eyes. That, and nobody's going to have eyes. But okay, yeah, but fine. why would she fucking eat them? <laughs> 
Like, right, why? why did Bill because why did eat they're tasty. Okay, she lives in a wall. All right, let I her have her food. I sooner believe her masturbating with that eyeball than I would her eating the eyeball. Damn, I'm like, just saying. Fuck. You you went somewhere. You went somewhere, and I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I in know. retrospect, so, uh, the final battle. Okay, okay. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. Rolling and rolling. Okay, back to the movie. The final <laughs> battle isn't the final battle because there's another scene at the hospital as they get taken there. And we're not going to go into it too much just because I don't care. Yeah. But I do want to say it, <laughs> I love when a script acknowledges how stupid it is because they have this scene which we've talked about before, where Lee and Kelly are you know just talking about whatever and just uh, they're survivors and they're bonding and they're having that moment of we made it we're, we're strong and i'm gonna open my present for my dead sister yeah and, and kelly asks, we're traumatized but we're gonna bond about it yeah and mike and kelly asks i don't understand how long were they there how long could they have been in the house for months years we're not gonna know that now we're never going to know. There's no way we'll ever know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery that will never be solved because nobody knows. It depends what version of the script actually makes it to the screen. Nobody knows. Unintentionally hilarious. That was another one of those okay. gaping fucking plot holes too, where it's, they're said to be in the campus hospital, which, you know, if it's a large enough, campus it'll have a hospital instead of just like a med room or something but they don't have a fucking morgue they don't have a fucking morgue the police would have taken don't have that a fucking away. morgue and apparently they have the worst paramedics on the planet because not one but two bodies got put into body bags a lot right. like unburned i might add other than you know the 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 shitty prosthetic slapped on the side of billy's head yeah yeah and i i'm always i'm always amused how by how characters like this can get like burned like severe third degree burns and just be, I'm fine. Right. I'm walking well, yeah, around. I'm going to keep working. Like I'm going to keep, keep doing my in thing. The shitty Michael Bay remake of, uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Leatherface gets his fucking arm cut off and is still just like, doo -doo -doo, time to kill Jessica Biel. Major arteries, Michael Bay, major arteries there. Down. You're going to die. He's in a little pale, like maybe he needs some juice in a cookie. Nope, nope, nope. I've got this, uh, almost pornographically and rendered ass to try and kill. This is one of my horror movie beefs that don't come up very often because I don't see it very often. Hospital doors in a regular hospital don't have locks no, on them. No, they do not. They can have locks on them because those few seconds you take unlocking a door means life and exactly. death. Exactly. And if like to a patient's room, they do not have right, locks on those it's doors. It's a fucking lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh shit, we couldn't get in because the patient accidentally locked the door and then they died. Well, why'd you have a fucking lock on that door? Because we didn't distracted like by the fucking carolers. What was up with that? Like it was just like yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, the, the alarm bell doesn't actually have an alarm on it. Bullshit. The, 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 no, bullshit. it's just a light, a sad little light the, the, blinking. The, the, the worst, like, come on, attentive uh, uh, nurses in all of Canada, hospital staff ever. And again, yeah. somebody's screaming in a hospital, and nobody reacts. <laughs> nobody yeah. hears it or hears. Nobody her. reacts. Because apparently also, not only are the doors locked, they're soundproof in this uh, hospital. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Shut up. Okay, that's, that's the other thing you get with universal health care. In Canada, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> not in this hospital, anyway. <laughs> not in this hospital. Oh, my God. 
And uh, I, I did kind of laugh, and I don't know why this really tickled me over the fact that when Billy fell and stabbed himself with the Christmas tree and died, and the hospital staff actually ran to help him, I don't know why that amused me so much. But it really I have to did. say, like the sturdiest Christmas trees in all of the Great White North, the sturdiest Christmas tree ever. Yes, yes. and not that one. It and, was made out of like wrought iron. That one and the one in the attic with Eve's head. Like I, my first Christmas tree when I. I first moved out on my own was the spinliest motherfucker and just to put my santa claus tree topper on it i had to jury rig this like like <laughs> i had to use like christmas ribbon to like tie the top of the tree to itself so it wouldn't bow over basically <laughs> but Eve's fucking 10 pound head gets chunked on top with no damn problems you know what you're right with because no problem I just, whatsoever if it was because if they had a tree in the attic it was probably an artificial tree, but that wasn't an artificial no, tree that they had in the <laughs> attic. So that means that Billy and or Agnes went out, chopped out. Hold on. Billy or Agnes went out, chopped down a goddamn tree and dragged it through the whole fucking house. And nobody noticed these people right. deserve to die. The world is better off without these girls. I'm sorry to say that. Snow everywhere it went. Everyone was so fucking stupid in this movie. Like no, there, nobody had a collective brain cell among them. Like I was like, I never saw more stupid characters in my entire fucking life in a movie. And I've seen a lot of bad horror films. Nobody <laughs> made good decisions. Like, they, I mean, they, I mean, they, they talk about, we're not going to split up. <laughs> we're not going to split up. Sisters stay together, but they split up anyway. Okay. They had just had this whole argument. Because we're sisters. We're not going to split up because we're sisters. <laughs> I fucking hate you, but you're my sister. Actually, that tracks. That tracks. I mean, yeah. But um, yeah. my favorite line of dialogue in the movie, I will actually play the audio because I don't remember exactly how they said it. It's after they found Eve's severed head. And the movie starts picking up. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly's on the phone with the police. It's like, there's a girl and she's dead. We are really certain that she's been murdered. Really? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yes, yes. A girl is, is dead. Outside. Yes, yes, I know her. Eve Agnew. And we're positive that she's been murdered. <laughs> Thank you. Like that's gonna bring the cops faster. It's like, oh, she's dead. Nah, you can They're wait. also doing the, the shitty horror movie trope of getting pissed off at the emergency responder. Yes, yes, yes. I know her. Okay, so why the fuck would they assume that? For all she knows, you're at a goddamn Seven Eleven. You saw somebody mowed down by a bus. Why would they ask that question? Why would that be an important question anyway? Yeah, why too. would that be an important question anyway? Why would they ask that question? They would never ask that question. Right. It'd be where are you? What's going? Who are you? Right. Yeah, because that's where the first you, thing they ask. And where did this happen? That's the important thing. Where are you calling from? What was she wearing? Are you? Oh, there's a dead girl. What's she wearing? Is she ugly? Does she have glasses? Right. I'm gonna come in. Oh, <laughs> it'll be two hours. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you could try and take the glasses off and slip some contacts in, and that might speed it up a little bit. But I can't speak for the police. Yeah, because the excuse is there's a pileup on 91. The excuse is there's an escape maniac, and we live in his fucking right. house. Again, the cops would have beat him there. Fuck off. But no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. None of that happened. And that's the movie. <sighs> Don't you just feel the warm hug of Yuletide oh, yeah. just squeezing mm -hmm. all around him? Fucking Krampus. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm still bitter that we, we could have watched, watched Krampus, Krampus, and I love that fucking movie. But okay. no. <laughs> so angry. 
Trust me, the patrons enjoy this. They know that this is when I'm at my best. Uh, <laughs> our pain. I'm glad you like our pain. <laughs> when I'm angry. But let me tell how about this? How about, okay, as a Christmas present for next year, we'll do Krampus. Fuck them. Wow, I love it. Okay. I took Yay! my nephew to see that. I like it. Let's time. do Krampus next year. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have Scream Queens. All right. <laughs> All right, Stacy, uh, Cindy, why don't you tell people about Creepy Kitchen? What goes on there? Where can people find what goes on there? Because if you want more of this, go get it. Yeah, we actually have been moved over to, we're on Anchor now. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of screaming, a lot of cursing. Uh, we moved over to Anchor. Uh, so we we still have the blog spot site, creepykitchen.blogspot.com. But honestly, we're released that our feed is all dead there more or less now. So oh. uh, we're on Spotify and some other places so you can still find us i'm uploading all our back episodes slowly so you can hear our brilliance when we were young and happy and enthused about possibly doing a show a week which never happened um, <laughs> not even once we also but when you put out <laughs> a show it was a month worth of shows every episode <laughs> yeah that's essentially what it is we we release a show once a month and it's like a pretty month a month's worth of talking pretty much. Um, we changed our format so we talk uh now about uh we do one horror film that we want to talk about we do one horror film that's fucking bizarre and, and wacky and then we have what we call panty cast where we talk about some of our favorite smut books and okay. panty cast is a lot of fun yes. and so you can find us there we release monthly um and we're also on facebook creepy kitsch uh podcast um you can search on spotify creepy kitsch podcast we do discord. have the blog spot but we don't update it and we're on discord which uh stacy still hasn't put the oh, website yeah, up for you that, huh? on the facebook page yeah I'm too yeah, old for Discord. I don't understand Discord. I don't understand it, so Discord. I just don't. I can't. I have, no, no, I don't. I have a Discord. I don't know what to do with. But Listen. you know what? I'm going to see what you do with your Discord. I'm going to steal it. You All guys right. Are missing out on the potential. <laughs> the thing about Discord is, I know, dick pics, man, dick pics. Like there is. Oh, I, I give Stacy enough dick pics on Facebook so, of people no, that I don't no, know. No, no, these are good <laughs> people dick that hit on me. These are like. You know, like seven foot tall orc dick. Oh, pick. I sent Stacy some good ones. I mean, Cindy some good ones. Thank you very much. I never sent Stacy any good ones. She's not on Facebook. Anymore. Not really. No. I showed you, I said that one. I said that video of of that one to Cindy the other day. And it was like an alien, not a penis. It was like it was like a chase chest burster. It was amazing. Anyway, we're not talking about it. All right, Stacy, Cindy. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for talking about this ridiculous movie with me. Fuck you, patrons, yes. for reflecting us upon us. And also, thank you for supporting the show. This month, the patrons pay double. Uh, send compensation to creepykitchgals <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. There you Pitch go. To look you heard the ladies. Face. You heard the ladies. Stacy, Cindy, yes. thank you very much. Merry fucking Christmas. And Merry fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. Get out of here. <laughs> Get off my show. Right. Thank you once again to Cindy and Stacy from Creepy Kitsch for hanging out for yet another Christmas episode with me. Honestly, I don't know why they even answer my IMs anymore, my DMs anymore, because every time I, I talk to them, I'm always like, let's watch something shitty. But they always come and I always have a good time. So, yay. So before we put Black Christmas 2006 to bed, I realized two things that we completely left out that I neglected to bring up. One of them is the most memorable thing from the original 1974 version of Black Christmas. And that's the phone calls. Now, they happen in this movie, but the fact that all three of us forgot to talk about them tells you something about the phone calls in 
Black Christmas 2006. They're not great. They're not used well. You want a Christmas cookie? You're my cookie. And I could gobble you up. Billy? What have you done? What have you done? Where's Agnes? She's my family now. Hey, shouldn't you get going? Don't you have lots of toys to deliver to good little boys and girls? the police i mean it's really clear that it's just sound clips sound bites from the movie just pushed together and it doesn't sound like the original like how it did like it sounded like billy in the original was a mimic so it sounded like one person doing all those voices but mixed in a way that was impossible this just sounds like somebody hit play i mean there's a point later on when the calls come back where you hear Lacey Chabert scream. So I said, wait a minute. So when the killer was killing Lacey Chabert, he also had her phone because the call's coming from her phone, recorded her screaming while he was murdering her. And it's a mess. This movie's a mess. The other thing is I forgot to gay this movie up. Shame on me. It's, it's what I'm here for. It's my one job. You think in a movie produced by Harvey Weinstein that it would be filled with boobs and lesbians, like sorority le fake lesbians. They're like really tacky lesbian scenes. But it's not there. But I do think there is something queer in this movie. And initially I said, maybe it's Mrs. Mac because there's never any mention of a Mr. Mac. But then I realized something else. There, there might not might not just be her. I think Eve is the queer one in the cast. And that's why everybody asks weird about her. Now, I don't know if she's a lesbian or if she's trans or something. Something. There's something different about Eve that turns everybody else off and that turns all these other rich bitches off. And I think it might be that. And I wish, you know, in a better movie, we could have explored some of that. But anyway, Eve, we hardly knew you. You came, you went, you left your head on a tree. But what can we do? All right. Since it is the holiday season, I have yet another gift to do. But Patrick, we already had a drinking game. We're a schnocker. I know you're a schnocker, but here, here's another game. I realized something. Something that I've missed. Something that I used to do on the show and I realized listening to old episodes how much I miss. And that is the firing squad. What's that, Patrick? Well, for those of you who are listening for a while, that would be when you would recommend a movie to me. You say, Patrick, I love this movie a lot. I want, I love it so much and I think you love it that I will go up against the firing squad. So I will pick one of these movies that you recommend to me and I will watch it blind. And then you will either be set up for a sweet, sweet reward of my undying affection or you'll be like, publicly humiliated on the internet. You know, depending on what you want, depending on what you want. But it's a, it was a fun, it got me out of the wheelhouse of movies that I'm locked into and into different areas. And maybe I didn't like it, but at least you took me someplace I wouldn't have gone on my own. And that's a really creepy thing to do. And I like that and I miss that. And plus it got you involved in the show more. to get the audience out there involved in the show and I miss it. So it is coming back. How do I participate, Patrick? Well, well if you have a movie that you're absolutely dying for me to watch that is available on streaming, for free. I'm not paying any money to watch your stupid ass movie, but if it's available out there for free, please let me know. Leave me a voicemail. How do I do that, Patrick? Well, it's very simple. You go over to screamqueens.com. There's a yellow box on the right-hand side of the page that says leave a voicemail. Click on that. You have two minutes to tell me about that movie. I'll play it on the show. If I decide to pick that movie, if I get my hands on it and I think it fits the show and I haven't already covered it, and the games will begin again. So what's going on next time, Patrick? Well, I have to be perfectly honest. I'm not sure. I did have something lined up. I had an episode 
that was going to have uh, Doug Shapiro, everybody's favorite Freddy Cat Doug Shapiro coming on to talk about the ghost and Mr. Chicken starring Don Knotts in our annual mildly inappropriate holiday special because it's a movie that doesn't fit the show's format and it's not about the holidays, but we do it anyway because it's something that Doug can watch because he's a Freddy Cat. But we were supposed to record that the day I was sick with COVID. So he's a very busy boy. He's singing everywhere and he's doing all his fabulous actor things. So if I can nail him down again for a date, that will come out. And if not, I don't know what we're going to do. It's up in the air right now. So keep your fingers crossed and we shall see. But if you are a patron, the holiday hijinks are not over because it came from the 70s, is coming back. And we got some Christmas, Christmas terror to serve up for you because we're talking about 1972's Proto Slasher, Home for the Holidays, starring Sally Field, Julie Harris from The Haunting, plus Eleanor Parker and Jessica Walters. It's a great, campy Christmas set slasher movie that will warm your heart like a pitchfork in the back does. And my special guest is going to be author and blogger Dan Kelly, owner of the Boys, Bears, and Scares blog. So it's going to be super fabulous and super, super gay. But Patrick, how do I become a patron? It's very easy. Go on over to www.patreon.com slash Scream Queens. Make a pledge. Join the cool screamers and help support the show. The other thing I want to recommend, if you have not come to a Scream Queens scary movie party, please do. Do you know what you missed last month? I screened. I had a bloody good time at House Harker and the entire fucking cast and half the crew showed up. It was insane. I didn't, I knew some of them were coming. I didn't know all of them were coming. It was raucous good fun. And that's not the first time this has happened. That's happened a couple of times before where all of a sudden the film crew and cast just show up and take the party to a whole different level of level. And we get all this inside stuff about what happened, making the movie and you could have been there, but you missed it. So please, we got a couple more movies coming up this month. They're all down there in the show notes, the dates and everything and how to find us. So please come join us. So um, if you want to reach me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at scream Queens podcast. And I am no longer using Twitter that my account is going to stay up, but I am not using it anymore because fuck. Twitter. I had enough problems with them before Elon Musk took, took over. Elon Musk took over, but now it's a complete cesspool and I'm not going back. So ha. All right. I think that's all I got for you. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. And you do that by living by the scream queen's golden rule. Say it with me, kids. <laughs> Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay fabulous, and have a happy goddamn holiday. Mwah! <laughs>for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs>